Wiggity, wiggity, wiggity. What episode is it, 21? 21, yeah. Oh my gosh, we can legally drink now. But you still won't. That's true. That is very true. Well, I mean, I've had I've had two glasses of wine since August. Are you a big wine guy now? Like, what kind are you? Do you, do you like go red white sometime, or do you stick to wine? I'm only. I don't like red wine. I'm not a big fan of red wine. I like white wine. Like Moscato is probably my favorite. But like to be honest, like I don't even feel it as like I used to want to drink wine like every weekend. Not like every weekend, but I used to be like, hmm, I'm craving a glass of wine, and now it's like nothing. You don't. You don't have any urges at all. No, no urges to toxicate my body with alcohol. Good for I you. am physically superior. You're, you're better than everybody. Yeah, we're, we're getting that. It's coming <laughs> right? across clear. Yeah, I'm, I'm superior. I'm like a, I'm like Steve Rogers, but with wine. Like I'm a super soldier, but wine, not drinking alcohol. Incredible. All right, your first Avengers comp in the episode, and this isn't even like the real show yet. Oh, we're gonna jump. We're gonna leave this in and then segue. So. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 21 of I Love It Here, I Hate It Here. My name is Steven. I am joined by my prepared co-host, Connor. Hey, so people will be like, so why the prepared, you know, like, why are you calling him the prepared co-host? And the reason for that, and Steven, you, of course, are familiar. Normally, when we get into this, we'll get on, we have like a Google Doc, and we'll get onto our voice chat, and Steven will be all prepared, have something really well thought out. And I spend the first 20 minutes of our just talk just coming up like you'll hear me just feverishly like typing things like, okay, what do I hate? What do I hate? What do I hate? So this time though, Steven came in here and I already had my stuff typed out. So I feel like a little bit more prepared than I normally am, um, but it will still be just as bad as it normally is. And so I was very surprised. Connor was like class president all throughout high school. He was a good That's student. That's not true. I was only... Two years, two years class president. He was class president for the for two years of high school, studied, went to U of M, uh, has a has a nice job, probably would have to be prepared for some element of those three things I listed. But when it comes to something as important as the podcast, we'll get in the doc and I'll just see <laughs> Connor Vandenbosch typing. <laughs> it's just like slowly filling in as we're going through and recording yeah. things. It's like, oh, let's talk about this. <laughs> But somehow, what they also don't know is somehow you will retain what I'm saying, get down your love it's and hate it's, and also like have bullet points of things you want to talk about regarding them. So you're like preparing at the same time we're talking. So it's actually, you know, a good indication of your talent at multitasking. The thing is, is is you were naming all those things and thanks for inflating my ego. But throughout like (laughs) high school and college, really the only way to get people to think you're good at something or trustworthy is to give the appearance that you're prepared you don't actually have to be prepared so like thanks for you know making it seem like i'm prepared but i'm really not uh and that just goes to show you that everything's surface level as long as you have the appearance of being prepared you're good to go people rock with you you also did spend our whole senior year of high school wearing only corduroys and cardigans yeah no uh it's just (laughs) i refuse to wear jeans i i went through this phase in Actually, there's been several instances in my life where I've just refused to wear jeans. And so like elementary school, I think there was a few years I was just doing strictly like the like the athletic pants or. Oh, yes. Did you ever have like the pants you zipped off to turn into shorts? Oh, that was the best, right? You you, you wear the pants in the morning when it's a little chilly 
you you zip those babies off and you go get 25 sacks and 300 yards during a recess football game <laughs> right <laughs> you kick 15 home runs in kickball yeah exactly and then you you get back in you know oh it's time to read in your little carpet square you got to zip them back up yeah those pants were ingenious they need to make a comeback those were very functional you know i think those heelys and velcro are like three things that we really strayed away from definitely as- velcro I also always wanted to own, but never owned the the like sweatpants that buttoned up on the side, so you could like literally rip them off. Yeah, like, those, um, those were... do you remember the the Chippendale scene with I think it was Patrick Swayze and <laughs> Chris Farley on SNL? Oh, very vividly. It's a da- it's a dangerous <laughs> game though. It's a dangerous game though. Like, yeah, you have the element of like, oh, guess what I'm about to do. But also, somebody could also do that to you if you're not prepared. Yeah, or like you rip them off and. There's like an innocent bystander, like your grandma's next to you on like the couch, you're ripping off your pants and she takes a button to the eye or something. Mm. Yeah, I didn't You got to think about, about the friendly fire. That's a great point. Great point, Stu. New segment alert, which has been a segment for three weeks now, which is, is it still popular? I don't know how long this is going to survive. I'm going to keep trying to come up with some. So I have uh, three things for you, Connor. You don't know these prior to this. So this is all brand new to you. First one, Sean Mendez, but spelled S-E-A-N. I don't like that. I've never liked that spelling of Sean. I remember when I was younger and I first saw somebody with, like, I think it might have been Sean Connery, like, reading his name. I'm like, who's seen O'Connery? It's like, no, that's Sean. I don't like that spelling. What about Big Sean, but S-H-A-W-N instead of Big Scene? My sister, side note, my sister always calls Big Sean Big Scene because she, like you, also doesn't see it as being Sean. Exactly. This is the one case where I do think that there's a huge difference. Okay, so Big Sean, S-E-A-N. He's the rapper from Detroit. He dated Ariana Grande and Janae Aiko. Um, Big Sean is like, he's like Big Sean with an A-W-N. Is, I'm just thinking of like Boy Meets World. Like a character from there. Like yes. Sean. Like yeah. Sean from there if he was like a bigger guy. I don't know. Like That's the way reference. Hair. I don't know. Yeah, no, I see that. Big scene for Big Sean makes more sense. And here is one that I just threw in there because it's just funny. What if Kanye West went by a different directional? Kanye East. Mm. Kanye North? Well, he's a kid named Northwest, so that's kind of... Kanye South? Like, is Kanye West Kanye West because his name is Kanye West? Yeah, that's a good question. I can't tell you anything... Like, I feel like he's done rhymes with Kanye West, right? This is one of the only instances of this game that we play in which I don't think the name affects the career trajectory at all. I think Kanye West, if he was named Bruce... West, I was gonna say Wait, Bruce Willis, but that's already a person. If he was named like Chris, yeah, Visa, there's a Visa card in front of me. If he was named Stephen Bryant, he would still be famous. Wait, so you, you came up with a name by just like looking around? Well, it was gonna be Chris Activation. I was like, no, Activation's not a good name. Oh Lord, so good. So. Last week, uh, my album recommendation was uh, Sam Cooke's Ain't That Good News, and yours was Justin Bieber's Purpose. I did listen to Purpose. I went down to see my dad this weekend, so on the drive down, I listened to Purpose. I had a few thoughts, and I want to just run them by you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Nas feature, do you think that when Nas <laughs> dropped Illmatic back in like the 1990s, yeah. that he was thinking, you know, in about 25 years, I'm going to be on a pop song by one of the pop, the greatest pop artists in history, I'm going to be a feature on one of his songs. Do you think Illmatic version of Nas was like, I'm going to do this with Justin Bieber, who is a baby, baby, baby. See, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't know this, but I have some connects on the in the music industry, some like 
insider connects. And I, I know this for a fact that actually Nas has been trying to work with the Biebs for a while. He was supposed, oh, yeah. to, he was supposed <laughs> to be on Baby, but Ludacris got in there instead. It was like a Fast and the Furious tie-in. I gotcha. <laughs> I don't know whether to believe that or not. <laughs> I don't believe it at all. Um, second one is Purpose is probably my favorite song or No Pressure with Big Sean. Nope. I liked Purpose a lot. I thought that that was a really, really good song. And typically... Like, I think it did well with, I think that that's the end where he's like talking and like kind of giving motivational speech or whatever, like in the background. And so that's when I think that something like that is fitting. Like Drake has some of that with his grandma talking. And I think that that was very fitting. I like that song a lot. The Halsey feature. Mm. I love Halsey a lot. So I was, I like that. Um, I don't know if it's her best feature ever, but I was a fan. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Wasn't the strongest part of the song, the album. The last question I have, is there a version of Love Yourself, but instead it's like, F yourself. I mean, that's... I think Like, that, that is basically the essence of the song, but is there an explicit version of that? I don't think so. I think that's it. I think he should re-release that with the F word because I think that it's good. Because I was listening to the lyrics, I was like, hmm, this is talking about loving yourself, but I don't think that's what he means. <laughs> yeah, but, like, what would he gain from releasing an F word version? My respect. Okay, that's enough. That's all he needs. So moving forward, next week, I think I'm going to recommend... Frank Ocean's Blonde. And I didn't think that I would recommend it this soon in this little recommendation thing that we're doing, but it has to be up there. There are probably three albums that I consider perfect. Frank Ocean's Blonde, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift's Folklore. Wow, really? Folklore? I, I mean, love Folklore I know you've, you've been very positive on it, uh, well documented, but you think it's a perfect album? I think it is. There's probably, I mean, you could argue any of those are not, or any of those are imperfect. I mean, I don't think there's a, such a thing as a perfect album, but I think that they come pretty close to being that. So like what's... And Blonde is one of them. What's the, okay, so what's your criteria? Is it that there's no misses on the album? Yes, like you can listen all the way through mm-hmm. and not really skip one song. I got you. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah. Blonde, admittedly, I might have to go back and re- re-listen to that a couple times because when it came out... I kind of missed it, and I've gone back because it's very high on people's like top albums of the past decade and stuff like that. So I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it again. Huge fan of Channel Orange. I even liked his uh, his mixtape stuff, like the Lonnie Brow collection. Uh, yeah, that was good stuff. Nostalgia Ultra and all that. Um, so maybe I'll give it another listen. Of course. And then I need to do. Oh yeah, what is your album? Do you have one? To yeah. Recommend? Yeah. Yeah. So mine is gonna be. Uh, it's called Led Zeppelin. It's it's the titular album uh from the london-based rock band uh from the 1960 1968 or 69 i can't remember when it was released but uh yeah no it's it's my uncle um who who's lived in florida are you gonna say your uncle was part of led zeppelin because you have musical connects my uncle was part of led zeppelin (laughs) no no he so my uncle he's lived in florida like all my life and uh, you know, it was, it, it was one of those things where it was super exciting to see him whenever he'd come around because he'd be the, the he tried to be the fun uncle, right? Like he'd be building, yeah. you know, tree houses with us or putting rope swings up or taking us to get ice cream and stuff like that. But one of his things was he was a huge Zeppelin guy. And so I remember like he'd take us uh, to get ice cream and just he'd be playing Led Zeppelin. And my dad uh, has a bunch of their albums as well. And I kind of like I grew up listening to it. I was like, oh, it's all right. But it's not till... I want to say like late high school, I went back and listened to Led Zeppelin 1. And uh, that's one of those albums where I don't think there's a song that I myself would like skip. I think I would listen to it front to back. Uh, okay. 
I, you know, I'm, I realize that this music's probably not for everybody, but I think, like, some of the more approachable stuff is, like, Your Time is Gonna Come. It's a lot more organ-based versus, like, the just, like, the hard guitar. Um, Black Mountain Side's a really solid song. It's got... Black Mountain Side's a really kind of standout song to me because, one, it's it's the track that has no vocals, and it's also got some interesting musical um influences so it's it's based on like an irish folk song but jimmy page the guitarist added like a sitar which i don't know if you're familiar with sitar steven it's it's a i know what a centaur is yeah yeah no a centaur's on this as well yeah you can hear a centaur (laughs) (laughs) no a sitar is like a it's kind of like a it's a stringed instrument not quite like a guitar but like a lute i guess you'd call it um but it's primarily in like bangladesh and india and so it's definitely got like more of like a uh like an eastern feel so i i i just recommend those two songs in particular but um yeah led zeppelin i've never never really listened to led zeppelin so this is my first time so that'll be cool i do need to do a few things to bring up. The first one is the boys and I watched, so the boys meaning some of our closer friends that we play video games with pretty frequently, we watched the Twilight series in Discord chat. So I would boot up Twilight, we'd I'd share my screen and we watch Twilight. Those movies are just bad. Yeah, what what uh what <laughs> They're like comically bad. I liked I remember watching the first one and I liked First one was good, the last one is good. New Moon sucked. I liked the vibe of the first one. Like I liked how the camera i don't know if they changed the camera lens or something but it had like kind of like a a cold blue green gray kind of color scheme like well it had to fit in with with edward and the cullens and how they're vampires so they have cold hearts oh. and no, no no skin like they're not warm-bodied people which is why the werewolf jacob basically has to sleep with bella to keep her warm at night when they're on the mountains because edward can't do it because he can't support his woman it's true, he gets cucked by a wolf. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, for some reason, Jasper, one of the vampires, is a Confederate soldier <laughs> for what, whatever reason. It's, I don't understand why. I just saw that on um, Twitter. I thought that was hilarious. Why would they make that choice? There's no explanation for that. There's just like, hey, here's a scene. I'm a Confederate soldier. Okay, bye. <laughs> With no desire to bring that up ever again. Uh, Jacob imprints on a literal newborn, which means that he is in love with her for like the rest of his life. And she was born like 10 hours before he did that. And then at the end of the film, they show Bella, Edward, Jacob, and then their daughter, Ella. As Resme? Oh, Res- Rosemary? Res- Renesme? Renesme. They have all of them together. And Renesme has like the same child's face, but she's like on an adult body, like holding hands with Jacob. I'm like, very weird. Is this kind of pedoph- pedophilic, pedophile I just want weird. I just want to say that movie, the last one breaking, is the last one breaking dawn? Breaking dawn part 1 and part 2. The baby uh the baby work on that movie deserves <laughs> the CGI baby. <laughs> every every award possible. It's so oh bad. God. It's it makes it's, that movie a comedy. Yeah, it really should be viewed as a comedy. Second shout out is so you know how we had the debate where I was like if I smell my name with a ph would I be as popular? Or I, not as popular but as cool? Yeah, strongly debated. So so uh, my friend Stephen Prince, who is a longtime listener, he and his girlfriend Nicole, who's a fantastic person, and I was like, yeah, I like Nicole more than Stephen because Stephen fills his name with a PH. Stephen texted me, and he was like, hey, because he does work for the county for the COVID vaccine. He was like, hey, do you want to get a shot? And I said, sure. And I said, if you're able to get me one, I will retract my statement and deem you superior. So I got my first shot because of Stephen. Spells his name with a PH. I'm going on record now. Stephen with a PH and Stephen with a V are equal. 
there is no superior spelling. Stephen Prince and I are the same person. I see him as an equal now, and I retract my statement. I'm deeply ashamed for what I said on that episode of the podcast. Stephen, I hope you forgive me, and I just needed to get that off my chest, and I needed that to be on the record. So Stephen with a V, I have to break it to you, but um, so Stephen, Stephen with a PH and I actually work together. You've been pranked. It's actually not a vaccine with a V. It's a it's a vaccine with a PH, <laughs> and you're actually more susceptible to COVID nineteen. So oh, no. we got him, Stephen. We got him. Oh my god. <laughs> I hate that. Why do people listen to us? <laughs> they don't. They don't. Okay, last tidbit before the love it's and hate it's. Yeah. Do you remember like two episodes ago we talked about the governor of Arkansas, Asa Johnson, I think his name is, and how he was like, hey, Asa Hutchinson, sorry. I mean, his name's not even that memorable. He was like, hey, I'm going to restrict abortion even more. And you right. were like, hey, we're two guys. We probably shouldn't be able to talk about this, but right. kind of gave our thoughts on how women should be able to choose. Well, here's, here's what just happened over the weekend. Arkansas governor... Asa Hutchinson signs bill allowing medical workers to refuse treatment to LGBTQ people. Oh, that's gross. And that's just, he says that he's going to allow doctors to refuse treatment to people because of religious or moral obligations against people that are LGBTQIA+. Can, can we, can like the rest of the 49 states come up with an idea that like, oh, anybody who serves in this governor's uh, cabinet or was part of this policy, we just will refuse them any service like gas stations they can't fill up no medic like what if this guy needs like incredibly important heart surgery and he's like oh the best of the best we're going to you know new york and then that'd be i mean it, it sounds extreme but i mean this guy's doing some very heinous stuff down in he calls it a right of conscience he has no conscience he said as long as so it's non-emergency care so it's not like heart surgery or anything like that it's non-emergency, but in, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I mean, right of conscience. It's like, dude, just let people be humans. I mean, you, you're being predatory and aggressive against people who are just trying to live their lives, and it's repulsive and disgusting. And I hope you don't win your re-election, dude. That's all I'm going to say. So those that are listening, Asa Hutchinson is his name. If you want to tweet at him or send him an email saying, hey, man, that's not cool, go for it. Or if you want to tell him to fuck off, you can do that too. <laughs> so now we're getting into the love it's and hate it's. Mine are not super long or super congested. They're just going to be some really good ones. And do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? I'm going to start off with a hate it because I'm going to fin- I'm going to finish with some loves. Um, my first hate it is hot food when it's cold. So I know that there's some weird contingent of people who are like, oh, I love cold pizza. You're wrong. Like, I don't get why you would ever want to eat cold pizza. To me, stuff that's, I, I don't know, it's like stuff that's meant to be warm there's something in my brain and on my tongue and my senses that's just like, oh, this is wrong. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't kind of mess with sushi. Because I remember trying it. I've tried it like four or five times. It's not like I've never tried sushi. But every time I do it, it's something where as soon as I feel the like the rice roll and it's like cold and it's hard and I bite into it, my body just kind of like... Is like, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't how it's supposed to be, right? Like, we know this is supposed to be warm. It's supposed to be a little soft. And then you throw in, like, the raw fish. It's just like, I don't mess with cold food that's meant to be hot. I've never had sushi. To be honest, you're not messing with my uh, That's my truth. I've never had sushi. As for the cold pizza, like, I will warm up my pizza for 30 seconds. If some of it is cold, that's fine. But I like to get it a little bit warm at least. Yeah. So I'll still like reheat it, but I don't eat just brazenly cold pizza. Right. Like, for instance, the other day I made this, uh, this like HelloFresh meal kit and it was, 
like pork and and onions and and peppers. It was really good. And I put it in the microwave. I nuked it for a bit, and I was eating it. And most of it was warm, but of course, micro- microwaves are kind of inconsistent. The middle, like the bottom of it, was cold. And as soon as it hit my tongue, I could feel like my stomach kind of almost like throw up for a second. I was like, "This is not right." I don't know. It's maybe maybe it's a me. Maybe maybe this is a a hated exclusively to me. But I just do not mess with food that's cold when it's supposed to be hot. I feel you. What do you love though? Like if you hate something, you have to love something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my actually, do you mind if I do my hate its and then because my love its are kind of related. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you want to do your other hate it, you can do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna break protocol here. I'm gonna go with the second hate it, and I'm gonna finish with two loves. My second hate it here is. I, don't, I, mean, I felt weird putting this here because I actually enjoyed it. It's a documentary called The, La- the Last Blockbuster. It's on Netflix. Was that on Netflix? It just came out, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it kind of talks about this this last Netflix. It's in Bend, Oregon. And it kind of talks about like the, the rise and fall of this company that people thought was just going to be around forever. They thought it was like a Coca-Cola. Like, you know, they just thought it's like a staple of... American cultures, you know, you you Friday you go with the family and you you rent some you rent some tapes or some DVDs and you bring them back and that's that's just how people thought it was going to be. But you know, as you as you watch this this documentary, there's a bunch of reasons why it didn't. Uh, there's a bunch of reasons why it failed. Um, you know, obviously streaming didn't help it. Uh, they talk about how in like 2004, Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix for like $50 million or something like that. And they turned them down and instead tried to like make their own version of Netflix. And it's, it's a little bit more complicated than just thinking like, Oh, of course, streaming is the reason why it went out. Blockbuster had the opportunity to become a streaming service and they were moving towards that. But uh, it's kind of interesting how the great financial crisis impacted that move because like their money was tied up or financed at like uh, Bear Stearns who of course right. went under and like went bankrupt. So like they had to find new funding and they were in debt and stuff. So it's a bunch of different reasons why Blockbuster went out of business. And the reason why it's in my hate it here is I loved, I just have such fond memories of going to, to video stores, right? Like for, for our, you know, our hometown, we did have a Blockbuster, but it was a little bit more expensive. So we used to go to family video. Um, it was just like more, it felt more local, you know, I don't know if it was actually family owned, but um, I just have fond memories of, you know, going with friends and, you know, one of our friend's dads had a place, um, you know, within like a 10 minute walk from the family video. And we just, we'd skateboard, we'd ride bikes, we'd walk, or sometimes we'd take a car. But um, it was just our thing. Like Friday, we'd go there, we'd rent a bunch of videos and then, you know, you, you, you take them home. And you, you go watch them all. You stay up till six in the morning watching them all. And then you go back the next day and you get more. It's just, it was just fond memories that I don't think people are going to have anymore. You didn't, hmm. you could go to the Blockbuster, the family video, and you could be like, oh, I'm looking for this. And if they didn't have it, um, or if, if they did have it, like the people who worked there would give you their opinions of it, which I think we're never going to get again. Like that interaction where you can you can talk with people and they'll be like, oh, I love that movie. If you like that, then you'll like this. And I know there's algorithms that are like, oh, we think you're going to like this. I think Right, based I, on this. I think those algorithms don't, they don't work as well as people do, in my opinion. And also you just lose that connection. So maybe I'm being like old man screaming at the inevitability of like technology taking over. But 
I just hate it here because I'm. it just brought to light like some nostalgic things that are never going to come back. No, I totally agree with you there. I saw that documentary. I'm probably going to watch it at some point in my life because it is like the end of an era. I remember going to like hockey practice and then after hockey or soccer, we would go to Blockbuster rent a movie or I'd rent a game or something like that. And it was just kind of a, it was like a, um, like a treat. Yeah. Like going to Blockbuster was like a treat. It wasn't something you did all the time. But if your parents were like, hey, do you want to go to Blockbuster? That was like going to Toy Store. Right, right. And that was why that was awesome. So, no, I totally relate to your nostalgia feeling because, I mean, we used to have like two in the area. One closed down and became a mattress store. And now I'm pretty sure it's a weed <laughs> shop. So, <Yeah. laughs> and Family Video is only known for selling CBD oil now. So it's like, <laughs> true. here, it's going downhill. So my love it and my hate it. My love it is actually going to be my friend Jenna tweeted out something saying that she likes a good pen and i bought her like i mailed her out like a pen that was my favorite pen that my uncle got me because she's like i like a good pen so i mailed it out she's in grad school she goes to grad school in uh, grand rapids so she's like oh she probably writes a lot of notes so i'll send her these pens and see what she likes so my favorite pen i don't know if you have a favorite pen my favorite pen to write with is actually called the zebra f301 Ooh. and then i also have a uniball vision elite which is also fun. Uniball is kind of like a more well-known um, pen, like a Bic pen. And so Uniball, the the thoughts with the Uniball one is that it's still a little bit, like it's too wet, if that makes sense. Like when you write with the ink, it's kind of like right. got that little dot on it where you can like smear it easily. Whereas with the Zebra, you write and it doesn't smear anything. Me as a left-handed person, I deal with smearing of pencil lead, marker, colored pencil, pen, yada, yada, yada. The zebra, I don't really smear much, and I've noticed that, and I kind of adore that and appreciate that as a left-handed person. Yeah, that's, you know, that's something I kind of, I think I take for granted sometimes, is thinking about being a right-handed person. Like I hate writing because I am left-handed. Because, yeah, I imagine, like, during Scantron tests in, in school, right, like, wouldn't you smudge, like, letters and stuff? All the time. And that's probably, I mean, I have not good handwriting in the first place, but that's probably why I don't have great handwriting still is because I angle my hand to not smear it. Interesting. Wow. So like if I'm writing letters, like I have a pen pal at like a nursing home in the area and I write her letters and I'm like curling my hand so it doesn't smear so I don't, so she can read my handwriting and it probably makes it worse. But maybe maybe you could just write. She reads it regardless. Write backwards, write like write the last letter of the last word in that line <laughs> and just and work backwards maybe you yeah. could do that yeah that won't be confusing well it probably wouldn't be like i don't know maybe it's like i'm just she's the only one that I like write letters to like long form or longhand or whatever you want to say so it's not like that bad but still i noticed that the zebra is better to write with than the uniball so those are my pen thoughts <laughs> I, listen we're a big we're a big pen pa- podcast here i i yeah. like my i have a, a preference for the bic velocity gel i like that one but it does, okay. it does get into the area you're talking about where it's like a little runny, like a little watery. Yeah. So it's one Runny's of those things when you write with it, you, you can't, you can't just like fold it up right away. You have to like let it dry a little bit. But I, I just like the way it looks. I think it comes out better. Yeah, exactly. Or you give it like a little blow. You're like, yeah, exactly. A little, <laughs> little, little blow on the pen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then I hate it here because. Like I said, I drove down to see my dad this weekend. It was cool. We watched a movie, kind of hung out. It was just myself and him, so we were just kind of chilling. And as you know, with nicer weather mm-hmm. comes a new season, right? Mm-hmm. In Michigan, we have four seasons just like everyone else. We have fall, we have winter, we have spring, and we have construction, <laughs> which is a timeless joke if you live in Michigan. Yeah. There's not a chance you've not heard that joke before. Yeah. It is so very true, man. There is construction everywhere on the highway. Mm. And it's it seems like 
and I know that, oh wow, a highway is a long stretch of land, so it's gonna take so long to like do construction on it, but it seems like it's the same places all the time, and they're always doing it, and it's always on the highway. It's like, why can't we have floating cars already so we don't have to wait in traffic? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the whole construction thing, I don't know if it's as big of a deal in other parts of the country or the world. Like, I think us having all the different seasons, because I know you said like all, you know, it's four seasons like everywhere, but I think like when you go further south or if you're like in California, you really only have like warm and like less warm. You don't really get snow much or like tons of rain. And I think well, snow is what can damage roads. Too. Exactly. And that's the thing is I think like the construction season is kind of like a more of like a northern Midwest um, thing just because we, you know, the concrete does crack from the the cold and everything. Um, but I also just hate. I hate how much construction there is in the summer. It's the worst. I I almost missed a, I missed a train. I was going to Europe after college, uh, and I was supposed to take a train from Ann Arbor to Chicago for the flight, and I left, and I was supposed to get there with an hour to spare. But of course, there's construction right outside of Ann Arbor, and I missed the train by not even kidding, like thirty seconds. I pulled up to the station as I was leaving. All because <laughs> You're of like construction. Waving. Bye. <laughs> and then I gunned it. I no joke gunned it to 98 and drove to the next train station. <laughs> but all that, all of that stress was because of this construction. This construction that completely stopped traffic for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And I think that the only reason that construction stops traffic is because people don't know how to merge well. <laughs> oh my! The, and they're my, not very, uh, not very aware of needing to merge or the. Uh, etiquette of merging while the driving. The etiquette of merging is unbelievable. How some people will <laughs> see, they'll be like, "Oh, everybody's in this lane. Why is that lane completely open?" And they're like, "Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get all the way up there. I'm going to wait for somebody to be nice and just let me cut in." And I hate, hate those people. <laughs> I've actually before taken my car and done a Suez Canal where I just turn my car like <laughs> horizontally to make sure that no apple oh. is getting by. Right, I'm teaching a lesson. I will sacrifice my car and my body to prove a point. You're not getting past here, man. I need to tell you the Suez Canal is. <laughs> I've been following that news story. So for those that don't know, there is a shipping like there's a ship in the Suez Canal that is turned sideways, blocking the one canal. Of the mo- one of the most important routes for global shipping in the world. Yeah, and it is blocking things, so people have to go all the way around Africa. So it's delaying like probably billions of dollars of merchandise and everything 400 million dollars an hour is what i saw it's just beach because they said that the reason was because of poor navigation in a sandstorm which within itself is just comedy gold but also you're seeing things on twitter that are like like the beaver saying oh so that's how you do that i love the one where um it's jeff goldblum from jurassic park and it's like beavers you son of a bitch You've done it talking about the Suez. <laughs> yes. And then there's one that says, like, the U.S. Navy is on standby to help out. And someone's like, oh, they're finally just going to bomb it. <laughs> Jesus. It's, like, oh my God. it's one of the most important news stories of the last decade to follow. It's because it's so relevant and so funny. It's 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 one of it's like fun to follow because it's very important. Like it has huge implications, but the implications aren't. Dire. Like, it's not like death, right? It's like when there's a shooting, like a school shooting or like a, you know, we just had Colorado. Like those are important things to talk about, but it's not fun to think about or talk about because there's, you know, huge losses involved. Whereas like with this canal thing, like the losses are just like kind of balance sheets. It's like stuff on balance sheets for companies. So it's a little bit easier to, to like just 
think about and talk about and like kind of laugh and then the, one of the funny ones that made me actually laugh out loud was a tweet that said the next person going through the Suez Canal has the opportunity to be the most funniest person in the world, <laughs> which I just interpreted as them also getting that ship stuck, so they have yeah. to go through all of this again. Oh my gosh, that'd be incredible! But, but like to tie it into construction, like you know how um, there's like a one, there's two lane traffic and one lane is closed, so you have the guy standing out there with a stop sign and like waving traffic. Right, right. That's how I'm like imagining them trying to move the ships around that are waiting to get into the canal. Like, okay. You need to move forward and turn it around to go around Africa. <laughs> That's incredible. I was reading. Oh, it man. takes like, I think it adds like 20, 20 days to the trip. Yeah, it's like three weeks that it adds to go around Africa. Like, because they got to go down Africa, down by South Africa, and then toward uh, South America and Mer- North America, or and vice versa. So that's pretty nuts. I wonder what that's doing as far as oil, right? You imagine if there, if there's that many ships that have to go all the way down there, they're probably... That, that might be part of the reason why oil prices are up if you, if you haven't filled up your car recently. I just filled up for 266 I filled up for 295 so <laughs> I'm, I'm, a ch- I'm a chump. I'm a chump. But also, yeah. I didn't have to get on my car to pump it. Suck it. Okay, yeah. Oh, New Jersey. We don't have... We have gas attendants. We don't have to do we anything do. because it's we're very, it's... pompous and we're... We're so much better than everyone else in New Jersey. We got we got Jersey Shore and the TV show, and we have a DJ. What's his name? Jazzy Jeffer, like DJ. <laughs> what's his name? The Polish Poly D. And I'm like, oh, Jim Tan Laundry. <laughs> what's Pauly up, Shore. dude? The cabs are here. <laughs> Why did I say Polly Shore? It's like it's like when we were talking about like when I t- when I recommended Alicia Keys and John Mayer, and I said Q-Tip instead of Questlove. <laughs> and our friend and Brandon, Brandon afterwards. Brandon was like. Was like <laughs> You said it with such confidence. I thought you were right, but no. So Q-Tip is from a tribe called Quest, yeah. and Quest Love is the drummer for the Roots. My yeah. Bad. So yeah. All right. <laughs> you you literally had Chris Christie as a governor. We did. Now we got Big Phil. Phil Murph. Yeah. Okay. Murph. Anyway, moving on. We won't we won't talk about how much better you are than everyone else. I will. Yeah, I'll bring it up every chance I can. All right. So <laughs> bringing it back to you know my my love it's here. We're gonna get a little positive. Uh. This weekend, I was just... I, it's been a while since I've just bladed through Netflix. Like, I feel like I'll go on there and, like, the first things I see, I'm like, uh, Netflix originals, I don't really care about. Oh, you want me to watch this again? Not really interested. Then I kept flipping through and I found this um, this movie called Crazy Stupid Love from 2011 that I've, I've never oh, seen, but I've been interested so in great. it because I like everybody that's involved with it. And I'm watching it and I'm like, man, I love ryan gosling so much <laughs> and i was uh i did like an instagram uh like ama thing at an airport a couple years ago and i think you might have asked me the question like what are your top five movies of the decade and it was like social network uh infinity war drive la la land and the big short and then and then i'm looking back i'm like wait three of my five favorite movies from the past 10 years all have the goss in it <laughs> and then I texted my girlfriend when I was watching this movie. I'm like, hey, I got a huge man crush on the goss. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, and then I, I just now went back and I'm like looking through his his wiki and his IMDb. It's like, remember the Titans, right? right? Minor role. He gets yelled at by Denzel Washington. That would make anybody's life. And then he's got, he's got the notebook, okay? Oh, yes. Notebook is great. He's got crazy, stupid love. Okay. 2011, right? You want to hear a crazy year in somebody's career. All right. Crazy, stupid love drive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Ides of March. I don't know if you're familiar with the Ides of March, but it's with George. It's Clooney. on my watch. It's with like George Clooney. 
George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, no, some some heavy hitters in that one. But he did that all of that when in 12 months it came out. And two of those three movies are amazing. Ides of March is okay. If um if Victoria texted you and was like, hey, I have a date with Ryan Gosling, what do you say? Can I come? <laughs> I'll pay for dinner. <laughs> I, I I just want I just want to talk to the guy. I want to meet him. I want him to play some select songs from La La Land, maybe some some Mickey Mouse Clubhouse songs as well. Um, the guy is just super infuriatingly talented. Um, and, and it also turns out he's like a decent decent dude as well. Like he uh, he's involved with a nonprofit called the Enough Project, which is and I don't think he's like a white savior, but it's it's focused on human rights and genocides in uh, the sub-Saharan Africa region. No, that's awesome. Um, he's a cool. He's a cool dude. He's a great actor. I remember I was watching. I watched Crazy Stupid Love for the first time like two months ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm also late to the party for that. And it was very well done. I love Steve Carell. I love Ryan Gosling. I watched Drive again probably a month ago after that because I just got into a Ryan Gosling kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Drive is just phenomenal. It's so good. It's so good. And then um, back in like September, August, I watched The Notebook for the first time because Lindsay, who hosts Completely Unqualified, was like, hey, you've never seen The Notebook. Watch it. So we watched it through like a Netflix party or something and was blown away by that. Like he is great at the like rom-com romance thing. And so is uh, Rachel McAdams. So like together, the two of them were just simply phenomenal. Like that movie is really good. Lived up to the hype. Like I didn't want to see The Notebook because I wasn't wanting to be, oh, mushy gushy lovey-dovey but dude by the end i was like <laughs> that movie that movie's surprisingly good like i always thought it was just like something cheesy that or romance or like romance. something my grandma would watch but i watched it and i was like okay these are feelings <laughs> <laughs> he also a little bit more love for the goss here real quick is he was also like one of the first celebrity memes i, re- I remember like the hey girl thing if you remember yes that. <laughs> it was like hey girl Feel my sweater, and it'd be a picture of the Goss, and say, like, you know "Yes, what, you know I remember that." You know what it's made of? This is now a Ryan Gosling boyfriend podcast. material. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like this is now a Gosling podcast. Tell I, me about the Goss. I would love a, a solo Goss, a Goss pod, if you will. And and okay, so this leads into my second love. It actually, so Drive is a movie that both you and I are very positive about. That movie, I think, is part of the reason I'm so into like the Midnight as being one of my favorite artists um just, oh, yes it's got that vibe where he's driving around uh la at night and there's like neon like it's like neon blues and pinks and uh there's like some some songs on there that are like very synthy um and then when i watched that movie i remember the vibe just really hooking me and i'm still i'm still hooked on it like my the background of my desktop at work is like a synth wave kind of picture um but it's really because of night drives, and my that's my love it as well. Is, is I just love to drive at night listening to a certain type of music, and uh, I just find it very relaxing. It's very, it is, dude. You're just driving, vibing like the summer when you're driving with like the oh, windows yeah. down. It's like 10:40, and you're just chilling, dude. You're that's so, like the perfect time for spot on. 10:40 is a great time. You're right. And it's just like, we're just chilling, you know, might be you and a friend, you're just like driving, you're just, you know, not even like really going anywhere. Maybe you're going to like get a McFlurry or something. You're just like, da, 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 and just w- windows down, you know, just, you know, driving kind of slow, just like mm-hmm. taking it in and it's awesome. You're, you're exactly right. 1040. Wow. That is spot on. That's, that's like the exact <laughs> time you, you want to go do a night, a night drive. Yeah. So if anyone does want to watch drive, 
Um, it doesn't look like it's on streaming right now. Oof. Like you have to pay for it. So if anyone wants, I will Venmo you two dollars and ninety nine cents to watch it on Amazon Prime Video if you want. Do we have or Voodoo? Stephen, do we have the three dollars for YouTube? I will Venmo you the money if you do want to watch it. Just you know, hit me up because it is totally worth it. But you have to tell me what you think after you watch it. You can't just like watch it, use me for my money, and then leave. Like I need to know how you feel about it Steven, afterward. Stephen, little sidebar. sidebar uh, do we do we have enough money in the budget to make that work? Yeah, yeah, we do. We got a we got a um, uh, we got a small loan of a million dollars from our father, so it's okay. Okay, cool, cool. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> uh, so, so why do you love it, Stephen, or why do you hate it? So let's see. Do I? I'm gonna say my hate it first because who likes awkward situations anyone anyone in the class anyone at all anyone like awkward situations i like no to, okay i like to see them sometimes like i don't that's like to it, be that's part true of but I, I don't like being involved in them yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. last week i was involved in one what happened so when i got my tires changed about a month ago they're like hey bring your car back in 50 miles so we can tighten the lug nuts so working from home i don't really drive much so i went back last week and i was like okay i'm here to get my lug nuts tightened so yeah you know sign on the door says socially distance wear a mask blah 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 and i was like okay we're still in the middle of a pandemic i'll do that i mean i don't i do that anyway so i have my mask on walk inside not a single person socially distancing the only person wearing a mask was like an 80 year old guy in a chair and myself there's like eight people in this Oof. very small yeah. area yeah. and they looked at me like i was some sort of alien wearing a mask and i was like ah. and then they didn't acknowledge me for like three minutes and i was like okay and then the guy's like hey he was very nice. He was like, hey, what can I do for you? Yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, I need my lug nuts tightened. He's like, okay, what kind of car? I said, 2013 Ford Fusion. He's like, okay, I'll be right out. And then we walked out and he tightened all my things. But I was like, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> it was just so awkward because I walked in. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing where like the door makes a noise when you open it. So it's like, you open the door and it's like, ding. Mm-hmm. Like the interesting, like you're thinking of like a hardware store where you open it and like a bell rings. just saying like, hey, somebody's here. And they all just like slowly looked at me for like five seconds what felt like five hours but it's probably like half a second and then just went back to doing what they were doing all like breathing on each other and i was like oh, okay it was just awkward that's a that's a tough scene for sure yeah. and I've, I've encountered that at some places too where where was i um it wasn't that long ago i was in some place and i walked in and i was immediately struck by yeah just people not rocking masks and it was not the chillest thing i've ever seen yeah there's another awkward moment that i had when we were at meyer this is probably in high school. It was myself, some of my friends, and we we're at the self checkout. And I thought that I saw one of our friends at the self checkout. Mm-hmm. So I went over and kind of did the tough guy tap on his shoulder. So those that don't know the tough guy tap, you kind of just like push two fingers down on like the shoulder and yeah, you're, you're like, hey, what's in. up? You're digging in, yeah. And the dude turned around and it wasn't our friend Alex. <laughs> and I was like, what the <laughs> French toast? Oh. I, I looked at him and I was like, oh, uh, I thought you were somebody else. And I turned around. And then they were at the checkout lane behind me. So they're just laughing at this whole thing because they watched it happen. And the, the yeah. guy, fortunately, was cool about it and like, started laughing with them. But I was, oh, my God, I was horrified. You know what's I've up? never done that since because I'm like, uh, okay. Just some awkward situations that are that I remember having a few of. But it's when, you're, when you spend the night at a friend's house or you're, you're at a friend's house and their parents yell at them while you're there is... It's an awkward moment because you're there and you're like, uh, I don't know <laughs> right. what to do. Um, yeah, don't don't love that. I also don't love when you go to, like, there were some times in college where I'd go to a, a party for a friend. Like, a friend had this birthday party. And I really only knew him. So, like, I got there, said hi, happy birthday, and everything like that. And then he was, like, making rounds. So, I was just, like, kind of just, like, looking around, like, all right, well, what do, what do I do now? 
Like, <laughs> like all of, all of the other friends like kind of knew each other, and I except I didn't for really, you, except for me. I my only connection was like this guy, and so I was like, all right, I guess like should I just try to like weasel my way into conversations with people who know each other already? Like I I don't know. So like just always being at parties where you don't know like anybody. Yeah, no, I feel that. My love it here is. Do you remember the first time you ever got a text message, like ever? Two thousand. But do you remember like what you were doing, where oh, you were? I I I think I was I was in middle school. I think I just got out of bat- basketball practice or something like that. Like it's just one of those memorable things. Like I remember where I was when Kobe died, Michael Jackson, Heath Ledger, JFK. Like I remember where I was when <laughs> yeah, all these people died. Yeah. I also remember where I was when I got my first text message. I was behind my dad's couch because I was at my dad's house. You know, shout out divorced parents. I was at my dad's house and I had like a flip phone. And I looked down and it's a text message from my mom and it says, be home soon, BTW. And I was like, what? Is this a text message? What? <laughs> so I called her and I was like, what is BTW? She, she says, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, cool. And she's like, oh, so you have texting. You have like 50 text messages a month. <laughs> now I blow through that in a day. But it's beside the point because I'm in so many group chats. I'm a group chat leader here. You do. You really, I've never seen, <laughs> who sent that joke? It was like claiming dependence on like, your tax <laughs> right. forms steven could claim like all these group chats as dependence <laughs> it's not well, we're in fantasy football video game group chats basketball group chats all this stuff so that's beside the point but i just to segue into something like that was my first text message and now i have like a little mini computer in my pocket and i just want to this is so elitist and everything but i just want to say i love the iphone because everything is so seamless like I have an Apple Watch. Okay, I'm a I'm an Apple um, fan, I guess, because you have an Apple Watch, my MacBook, and my iPhone are all tied together. My earpods, AirPods, are all interconnected. And with the iPhone, I think the best feature the iPhone has is Game Pigeon. Game Pigeon's so fun. And you can't do that with somebody who has an Android. And I don't know if Androids can do it with other Androids. But like, if you want to just play billiards with a friend, you want to play darts, basketball, um, this thing where you launch penguins off of like a sinking iceberg. Shout out climate change. You can just do all of these things if you want. And you can have another thing is just like the group chats. I mean, you can leave a group chat if you want. Whereas if it's like an SMS group chat, you can't leave. Yeah. You're stuck forever. Yeah. I don't know how it works with Android. Um, and hopefully we never have to find out how it works with Android. God, I hope not. It's just like, do they have like their own version of iMessage where like Androids can like send stickers and do like voice messages in the chat? And, you know, I, I, I'm so mad but i also love it that i'm locked into this i'm locked into this environment now like it's hard it's really sticky right like uh, this again like really investment terminology stuff but like when you have customer wait basic, st- sticky's an investment terminology sticky is yeah like there's like people get invested in invested in an environment right like if you have the iphone and you have the apple watch like you're pretty much connected now because you can't use the apple watch with an android from what i know and it's like, well, if you have these, why not have the MacBook, right, as your laptop? Because they connect, they work together. You can pick up on one device and go to another. And then to leave that and to go from the iPhone to, you know, a Galaxy, it's like, okay, now when I leave, I no longer have the iMessage capabilities I had before with my friends. And I also don't have the connectivity with my other devices. So it's sticky in that way. It's hard to, hard to move to a different uh, platform. Right, like Apple may be harvesting all of my personal data, but I'll just let them as long as they can just keep having a group chat and having game pension. Yeah, what's your... I already already know that like Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and all these places are just getting so many details about my data that I don't care. What uh, (laughs) what is your... 
I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say is like, what's your oldest message thread? Like I have threads that I'm pretty sure I have text somewhere buried in a thread from like high school. Like I don't delete yeah, a lot of messages. I, I've, uh, my phone fried or something um, back in 2017 and I lost everything. So my oldest is like February of 2018 is my oldest. I used to have things dating back to like 2014, but my I had to factory reset my phone because I, I was plugged it into my laptop while I was updating it and it came unplugged during that and just totally fried the update. So I had to wipe everything. So I think fine. I should do that because I have no joke, like 20 something gigs of just messages and my phone's like, oh, you should get rid of this stuff. Like if you haven't, if this text is older than a year, like why do you need it? I'm like, I don't know, phone. Just the memories. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I love it here. The iPhone, it's pretty cool. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone, we still appreciate you. But I'm hoping we get to a point because pretty soon, like job applications are going to say like, okay, um, are you depressed or do you have any like mental illness? Uh, what race are you? What's your gender? What vaccine did you get? So you have to like say if you got the Moderna, Pfizer or Johnson Johnson. And I want them to say, are you Apple or Android? <laughs> As like a discriminatory thing. Oh, you want, okay. You want people to be able to discriminate based on your phone preferences. Got it. Yes, got exactly. It. And so, thank you for listening. We are now going to happen to the mailbag. That's probably my best one yet. Easily. We have very brief mailbag questions. First question from our very first like guest, Tyler, who helped us rate movies, wants to know what kinds of questions. So, when you listen to us, mm. we're like, hey, if you have any mailbag questions, mail us at I love you here, hate it here, gmail.com, yada, yada, yada. And he wants to know what kinds of questions. That's a great question, Tyler. What kinds of questions? You know, you can ask us questions about... Um, politics, movies, music, sports, uh, religion, food, technology, beverages. Yeah. Or you could ask us for you could ask us for a social security number, credit card number, security number on the back of that uh, expiration date. I'll give you all of that if you want. Uh, you can ask us how much we make. You can ask us why the sky is blue. You can ask us anything, Tyler. I mean, whatever you want to ask us, we will answer within reason. That's the best answer I have for you. Molly comes in with four quick questions. Bangers. Very quick. Molly, longtime listener, longtime friend. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. Yes. What has better TV shows, Disney or Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. Disney. Did you have Nickelodeon as a child? I had neither. I just felt, I just, <laughs> I, 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 tr- truthfully, like, I guess if I was going to go with one, I'd probably say, I might say Nickelodeon just because I think Drake and Josh is better than anything that was on Disney. But again, yeah, and I, Nickelodeon, SpongeBob, Rocket Power. See, you're kind of missing with those because I grew up. Fairly I grew up parents. without those. Like I, yeah. I miss it fairly. I did like Rocket Power, but I missed like Fairly Odd Parents and SpongeBob. So woogity woogity woogity. Yeah, yeah. Adidas or Nike? Probably choose Nike. I mean, I, I I'm Nike. Last question, which is a th- a thinker. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? She's just throwing that out Ooh. there, like like no preparation, just throwing it out there. I have like a quote that I live by, which is probably the best advice that I've received. So I have like a quote that I kind of base my life off of, or like I tell other people as like a form of advice that I give other people. Yeah. And it's just that Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, I think that it's easy to, as like a young adult, feel like you're running out of time. Like there's that, not to tie it into Hamilton, but it's like, why do you always write like you're running out of time? Like everything mm-hmm. seems like there's a deadline you have to reach. There's a goal you have to reach by a certain age. And it's like, okay, uh, I'm in grad school. I need to be done within two years or else I can't get married three years from now and have kids five years from now. I need to do all of this stuff by a timetable that is just non-existent. It's arbitrary. And so like Rome wasn't built in a day. is kind of like calming down your mind saying Rome was this huge like empire for 
so many years, like going all across Europe, all of that stuff, Julius Caesar, yada, 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 Octavius. And so when you say like Rome wasn't built in a day, it's kind of like, okay, I can take my time with this. I'm not in a hurry. There's no fake timetable or deadline that I have to reach in order to achieve my goals in life or achieve my goals this year, achieve my goals this month, achieve my professional, social, whatever goals. Like it wasn't built in a day, so you can just take your time and life will figure itself out and just kind of do what you can with what you have at that time. I think that's good advice, Stephen. I think, I feel like I talk about social media a lot and I think it has definitely warped our our views on like what success is and like what we're sp- kind of messes with our expectations of ourselves. Like you see, I think Instagram is like one of those ones where it is definitely people showing the best of themselves. Um, and it does set up these expectations of like, oh, they graduated college in four years. They got a, they got an apartment and they're moving out and like, they're doing all these things on a timetable. It's like, why can't I be doing that? Or you think like, oh, I should be doing that. Yeah, no, I think the Rome wasn't built in a day is a good one. Just kind of keeping keeping in mind that things take time and uh, yeah, not letting yourself get too discouraged by comparing yourself to others. My best advice, I don't, like this is, like I remember just, sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say another good quote is comparison is a thief of joy. Yes, that's a really good one. That's a really good that's one. That's another one I live by. I probably, I probably say that's mine but my other one would be like don't sweat the small stuff which is like a good one which is like with so much of this advice it sounds very reductionary like oh just don't worry about things which is like way easier said than done oh i worry about everything all of the time my brain is in constant worry not like worry but it's constantly thinking about things that are going on and trying to like analyze what's going on so i'm like an over thinker my brain is just can't turn it off so it's not like i'm saying these things cured my life because they did not but they're just things that you can use to like kind of keep perspective on things in life and try to not overwhelm yourself with these thoughts that you are running out of time yeah i think that's part of the reason why i like talking to old people like older people so much like people who are in their 70s or or 80s is because they have a really great i think perspective on a lot of things because they've lived through so much they can tell you like oh when you're you know when you're in high school and you think you're you're in love like trust me that's not it's if you lose that love it's not the end of the world or like if you lose if you get fired from a job right or you lose a house like you can bounce back and i think that's probably the reason why i enjoy speaking with with older people is because they'll teach you that things seem way more important in the moment than they really are and you can get past things that seem insurmountable and you know there's there's more there's more to life than what you think it is um and so that's that's just like something I've I've appreciated is that idea that small things might seem big, but in the grand scheme, you'll you'll be fine. Nice, dude. Look at us wrapping this up in a very like there's a nice bow on top. It's tied ni- nicely. We're just kind of like wrapping up and packaging this question back to Molly. And look at that. We kind of just like went out of our way. We didn't have any preparation. We're just like here. This is some stuff that's helped us along the way. And that is all we have for the mailbag. That is all we have for the love it and hate it. I just want to say thank you for listening. If you have any mailbag questions or if you have any comments, concerns, album recommendations this week, it is going to be my album recommendation of Blonde by Frank Ocean. Connor's is Led Zeppelin. I forget the title of the album, Connor. It's just called Led Zeppelin. Okay, Led Zeppelin by Led Zeppelin. If you want to listen to those, let us know what you think. 
go for it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at love, hate it here. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I love it here. I hate it here again. Thank you for watching, <laughs> listening. You don't really watch. I mean, who would want to watch us and listen to us? You might have an issue if you do that. We just wanted to say thank you. We appreciate your support. Tune in next week for episode 22 and peace and love. Stop Coney 2012. <laughs> All right, done. Beautiful. Thank you.